to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. What is up, worshipers? It is Wednesday again, which means it's Worship Wednesday, and I'm glad to be back with you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me again today, and uh, I've got something for you that I think is going to be eye-opening. It's something that I've never really talked about ever uh, on a podcast or a message or really anywhere that I can remember, And but it's, it was definitely rolling around in my spirit uh, today uh, to talk to you about, and so I'm going to get into that. And uh, you saw it from the title, so we're going to deal with uh, even the downside of our gift, the downside of your gift, the downside of your calling. Um, And I really think it has more to do with the gift than the calling, uh, because one of the things I've noticed is that every gifting has an upside and a downside. So in just a minute, I'm going to show you some things from the Word of God, get into that and and kind of walk you through this just so this, this actually this episode's more of like a warning episode in a way. Um, because I see so many of you that listen to this podcast, man, you're gifted, you're anointed, God's called you, uh, He's using you right now. And um, you don't ever want to see that end. You want to see it increase. But in order to stay successful, you have to watch for the traps that would stop you from being successful in the kingdom. And that's why I'm doing this episode today, because I can clearly see many people through the body of Christ end up failing and dropping off from what they were originally called to do. And that should not be the case. You know, we should be watching out for that. But let me just give you a couple of quick announcements before we jump in. Uh, You're not going to want to miss next week. On the Worship Wednesday podcast, I've got Queen B, Jenya Cherie, coming back to be with me uh, next week on the podcast. I always love, love, love when she gets on because I told her she's a treasury of knowledge and her gift and talent and ability is through the roof. I'm excited. She's going to be joining me also at Worship Summit coming up in May 7th through the 10th and um She'll be part of the live album recording that we're going to do on the Friday night. So she'll be not only teaching sessions, but helping me and leading some worship and then also a part of the live recording. So I'm so excited to have her back. She is phenomenal at everything she does. And uh, it's going to be a huge blessing to have her back on the podcast next week. And then let me say, if you didn't know this, we are now doing Facebook live broadcasts every morning on Facebook at 10.30 a.m., and it's just been awesome. This is the first week we've ever done it. We're focusing on the power of the Holy Ghost. So Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m., we are on Facebook Live, and I'd love to have you guys join me there, or you can go check out the replay, but join us live, man. It's an awesome time of uh, kind of an interactive conversation, if you will, and uh, it's been awesome. So I'm very, very excited about that. Listen, if you didn't get a chance yet to sign up for Worship Summit, go check it out. Get the details at southeastworship.com, and uh, it's a free conference, 18 free sessions. Uh, we're going to be covering everything you can think of regarding worship, tech, sound, lighting, You know the spiritual side, the 
but also the technical side and the and the very practical side. You're not going to want to miss that. Bring your teams with you. We've got new sessions, as I just said, for people that are in the tech department or the sound department. And uh, Miss Jenya's husband, Reese Jackson, is a guru at this stuff. He's I believe one of the best in the business. He actually traveled on tour before he came to be at the church and is now a minister. So he knows the ins and outs and can help your church immensely. He'll be with us at Worship Summit. So southeastworship.com, get the details, register there. Then also you're going to want to be a part of the VIP sessions that we're doing for two days of the four days. We're going to be doing a VIP session at lunchtime. We will be providing lunch for you in that session, uh, as well as doing special teachings, behind-the-scene teachings, um, question and answers about specific things that you're doing at your church and with your teams uh, that we're going to answer for you. And uh, we've got some things to bless you with. So it's only $99. That covers both days and both lunches. So two lunches, two days uh, of teaching questions, answers. And you're not going to want to miss that. So I encourage you to sign up for the VIP sessions as well, which you can do right on the website. All right, let's jump in today to this thought about the downside, um, you know, being aware of and avoiding the downside of your gift, being aware of and avoiding the downside of your gift. That's what I'm talking about today. And I want to read to you a verse of scripture to begin from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, I'm going to read read this to you the way Paul wrote it to the church. Very, very interesting way of wording things. Um, he's talking about um, a guy that he dismissed from the church in his previous letter to the Corinthians, and now he's encouraging them to welcome the man back into the church after his uh, repentance and everything. And uh, he said, reaffirm your love for him and, um, you know, forgive him. And then I'll also forgive him. And then in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 2, he says, anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. Now, here's the verse I want you to get, verse 11, 2 Corinthians 2, 11, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan. You like how I enunciated that so that we would not be outwitted by Satan for we are not ignorant of his designs. You get that? We are not ignorant of his designs and we should never be ignorant of the devil's designs. Another translation says it this way. In fact, I remember reading it in the King James and it uses the word, we use the phrase like this. We are not ignorant of his devices his designs, his devices. The New Living Translation says it this way, that uh, Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. So one of the things I want to start by showing you is that it's important for us as believers to be aware of the schemes of Satan uh, in regards to what we do for the kingdom, you know, the, let me just say this to you. The devil's got no new tricks up his sleeve. He's not creative. He doesn't have God's creative power. Uh, he's got no new tricks. He's doing the same old things now that he's always been doing, trying to lure men and women into the same traps, same problems now that he's always been using in the past. And that's why the apostle Paul here admonishes us to be aware. We're not unaware. 
we're aware of his evil schemes, his designs, his devices. I'm not going to be taken by surprise by something that the devil's doing against me. And we need to be aware of this because one of the things that I'm going to show you from the scripture is that uh, the devil, and in fact, let me just read it to you. It's actually a cross-reference from 2 Corinthians 2.11 to 1 Peter 5.8. And you know this scripture very well, or should. The Bible says, be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So the devil is not stopping. He's doing what he desires to do to destroy us. Goes about as a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is one. Says he goes about like one. And so he is, um, he's trying to take us out and um, he can't do it because we'll be aware. So, why do I say we have to be aware of what he's doing? We have to be aware because one of the things that you'll be very surprised to know if you didn't know this is that your gift many times will determine how he comes against you because just like certain gifts have certain strengths, they also have certain weaknesses. You see that? So you have to understand that just as much as your gift, let and, and what I'm dealing with in this podcast, obviously, because this is Worship Wednesday, I'm dealing with uh, worshipers, you know, praisers, singers, musicians, those that are in the worship world. So that's what we're, that's going to be the reference that we use to talk about this fact today. But your gift obviously has strengths attached to it. So if you're a creative, you know, you're a singer, you're a musician, you're whatever you might be, uh, you have certain strengths that others don't possess. And obviously we know that we know how that works. So that to the side, you need to also realize that your gift comes with certain weaknesses. And I want to use the example from the Bible because he's probably the closest example we have of someone who's so close to the heart of God and and involved in praise and worship uh, is David, King David, obviously. Um, and in his life, you know this very well, in his life, he had issues. Now, there's no question about that. We know that. He had issues. You know, he, he dealt with things throughout his life. But it's so interesting that even into the New Testament, Jesus only wanted to be in his lineage identified with David. Notice that Jesus didn't call himself Jesus, son of Abraham, or Jesus, son of Isaac, or Jesus, son of Jacob. He called himself, and his messianic name was Jesus, son of David. He was a descendant of David from the tribe of Judah. In fact, God is the one who said to the prophet Samuel before he sent him to Jesse's house to anoint David as the next king, he said, I have found a man after my own heart. So that was God's words to the prophet. He said, I have found a man after my own heart. That was David. It's echoed again in the book of Acts in the New Testament 
that David was a man after God's own heart. Uh, and, and so here's what we have to know uh, about that fact is that even though David had issues and problems and struggles in his life, something about him still made him a man after God's own heart. What was it? What was it? It was his ability to repent and get back on track and understand his need for the power of God. Plain and simple, that's what it is right there. Because you can even look in the book of Psalms and look at the way that uh, David prayed unto God, even when he knew he made mistakes. You know, he would he would pray, Lord, I'm asking you, renew in me a right spirit, create in me a clean heart. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't cast me out of your presence. These were prayers that he prayed. And see, he knew he was imperfect. He knew he made mistakes. He knew he shouldn't have done things that he did, but he also knew that he had to get back on track with God in his relationship. He loved God. He was fierce in his praise and worship for God. He was a fierce warrior for God, and God never let him die in battle, even after all of the battles and fights that he was in throughout his life. Since he was young, you know, he fought lions and bears as a young teenager, Goliath as a young man, and then a warrior throughout his life and had mighty men attached to him and all this stuff. He was a warrior. And you'd think that someone who lived to be 80-something, uh, you know, would have died in battle that fought that long. He didn't. God protected him from his enemies, and he died of old age at the end of his life, having fulfilled his purpose. And that should be our goal, is to finish our course, like Paul said, and do everything God called us to do, and be successful at doing it, and uh, and finish the course. And, and, and we can do it. But the key is we have to stay close to the heart of God. So what what am I dealing with today for worshipers? I'm dealing with the downside of your gift. What is it? Well, I'm going to say this, and you know, I know it's sometimes an unspoken thing uh, throughout the body of Christ, but did you ever recognize that one of the things that seems to creep in all the time through worship teams, you know, even people that are in like, you know, how would you call it, the worship music industry, one of the things that you notice about them on the whole is that there is a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride, and that creeps in. Ego creeps in so many times, so many times. Um, It creeps in in worship teams and brings division. It creeps in, um, you know, even with people, like I just said, that are like, Touring or whatever. I've got so many horror stories that I could tell you for, from pastors that have had people like that into their church thinking, man, we're going to have a great worship conference. And at the end, it just ends up being, man, we just had a bunch of people with an ego come to the church that were here for a check, not here to minister to people. And I'm not saying they're all like that, but it's dangerous to allow pride to creep in. But let me go a step further because it's not just pride. Pride causes, you know, your your purpose to be destroyed and it causes God to oppose you as we've talked about as we've talked about in previous podcasts but it also can get the door in your life opened to an unclean or a perverse spirit an unclean or perverse spirit that may be hard to hear for a lot of people, you know, 
but it's just true. You, I mean, I can't say it any other way than that. It's just true. You look across, you know, the body of Christ, how many people that are in worship teams. I, I mean, I could, I could sit here and list, you know, 20, 30, 40 people that I know that were a part of worship, praise, that fell into sexual sin, adultery, um, you know, homosexuality, lesbianism. And these things run rampant, but understand that they stem from that spirit of pride. That is the, um, that is, I believe, the catalyst of what allows the door to open for this. And you have to be, you have to be careful. You have to be wary because it can easily creep in. And you look at the life of David and that's what happened to him. Um, you know, you, you look at his life and, and, and you see, I'm sure it was not easy too. you know, with him, um, you know, having so many victories. I love what the Bible says, you know, like as I mean, and, and to be victorious and successful at a young age. That's another thing that I'm sure it was hard to deal with. The fact that he's a very young man and called to be king, defeating a giant, you know, lions and bears, all these different things. And uh, even though it was awesome that he had the victory, <laughs> he's having to deal with all this praise that's coming at him. You know, when you're when you're talented, when you're gifted and, and you're young and people are like showering you with praise, it's a dangerous thing, man. It can skew your mind. It can skew your, you know, your emotions. And I believe that that, to some degree, happened to David. You know, imagine that. Imagine killing a giant as a young, young man coming back through the camp after that victory where you've won a war for your entire nation. And as you're coming back through the camp, all like women are singing about you immediately. You know, that that's exactly what was happening for David, you know, and the, and the women started singing, uh, Saul has killed his thousands. But David has killed his ten thousands. I'm sure if it was modern day, you know, as he was coming back through the camp, you know, women would have been trying to get his number, connect with him on Instagram, you know, get his Snapchat account, whatever. I mean, like that's the kind, that's the level of praise David was receiving as he came back through the camp at such a young age, and then it was just victory after victory from there on out. He became, you know, the king of the nation. And one of the things that happens is, is that if you don't stay inside your purpose and stay active uh, with your purpose and with your calling, you'll find yourself out of position where the devil can really attack you when you shouldn't have been even, even been able to be attacked. And let me give you an example. Everybody knows the story of when David fell into adultery with uh, Bathsheba. And he was in his castle. And the way the Bible words this is so interesting is that he had remained in his castle at the time when kings went to war. At the time when kings went to war, David stayed behind and was in his castle. So when he should have been active and fulfilling his purpose and doing what God called him to do and where God placed him to be, he actually was slacking off of his purpose and he was neglecting his talent and his gift. And notice what happened when he did that. 
that he was just kind of loitering around his own castle. And now he's daydreaming and he's looking out the window and catches a glimpse of this woman who's bathing. And so he's actually like, you know, funny. I mean, the Bible, the Bible's full of these stories. We don't think of it this way, but now, you know, because we grew up listening to the King James Version, which romanticized many of these stories. You look through, basically, David is a peeping Tom at this point. David's like a creepy, you know, stalker peeking through the windows at this woman, (laughs) climbing through your windows, snatching your people up. (laughs) He's like peeping through the window at Bathsheba while she's taking a bath, you know, gets completely enamored with her. He gets, you know, I mean, he's like totally taken, taken with this woman. And apparently she's so fine that, you know, it causes him to become a murderer now. So now let's think about how this progressed in David's life. It starts off. He neglected his purpose. It starts off. He stepped out of his calling and doing what he was supposed to do. And already, obviously pride had already crept in and had caused him to take these steps that he shouldn't have taken. Okay, so now he's outside of his purpose. Pride's active in his life. He's loitering when he should be working and he catches sight. So now he's peeping and now he's lusting. And he's in a position where he's lusting after this woman Bathsheba. Now his lust has become so strong that he's made up in my in his mind this woman is mine. This woman, this fine girl that I've been watching bathe through the window is going to be mine. And then, you know, he finds out she's married. Well, you know, her husband's in my army. So, you know what I'll do? I'll just I'll just put him out on the front lines and send him to his death. You know, I'm the king. I've got the authority to do that. So what I'll do, I'll just have her husband killed in battle so that she'll be single and be available for me. And and so David did that. He had her husband killed so that he could have her. And you know what Jesus taught about this? I mean, like he didn't even have to do do anything further uh, to be in sin. Jesus taught, you know, people say, you know, it's it's wrong to uh, commit adultery. But he said, if you even look at a woman, uh, lustfully it, with your with your eyes, you're as good as committing the same sin. That's what Jesus taught in the New Testament. So just for David to sit there and look through the window and whatever, fantasize and desire this woman, he was already committing the sin. And now it took him a step further to where he's willing to commit murder now to fulfill the end desire of his own lust. And David, you have to remember, David's main gift was praise, was worship. He was the psalmist. He was the one that God raised up. And you notice sexual sin was following after David. You know, they say the same thing about uh, Satan. You know, back when Satan was still Lucifer, an angel in heaven, uh, we have other writings, you know, that I guess they would be considered apocryphal books that uh, tell us that he was in charge of praise and worship. He was uh, the chief musician uh, of heaven, and uh, that was kind of his domain. And you see the same pride creeping up in him. I mean, if not to say that the apocryphal books are on the same level as the Bible, but at the very least, you could look at the, at the Holy Scripture and know that it is the job of angels to praise and worship the Lord. You can see all throughout the Bible, angels are pictured praising and worshiping God, singing songs um, about God. 
his greatness, singing songs about the Lamb of God, Revelation chapter 5. So at the very least, we know that it's the job of angels to praise and worship God. But notice Lucifer did not keep his uh, you know, will in check. And what happened? He got filled with pride. And, and what did he do? He became perverse in his thinking, Lucifer, to the point where he said, I will ascend into the heavens. I will be seated on the throne. I'll be like the most high God. And he led a rebellion into heaven to try to take over. That's pure pride. And here's another example of somebody who was involved in praise and worship that allowed pure pride to rule them and then end up destroying them. And the Bible says God ejected him from heaven along with all of the angels that were with him and sided with him. So he instantly punished them and ejected them from heaven. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So pride, once again, has destroyed another worshiper. You look at the life of David and once again, pride has destroyed another worshiper. Uh, Sexual sin has destroyed another worshiper. You know, you, you look through the body of Christ and you don't want it to be the case, but people that you end up loving, um, you know, to listen to them, loving, loving to, uh, uh, you know, just use their worship, whatever. How many people have we seen that are involved in the worship world? And I'm sure like, as I'm saying this, many of you are, are like listening and I don't, I really, I don't want to mention any names of people, but I'm sure that as you're listening to this, you can think in your mind of people who were involved in praise and worship that, that have had, that have gone through scandal for this very thing that they either, you know, cheated on their wife or husband, committed adultery, you know, uh, whatever found out that they were having, you know, involved in homosexual, um, uh, relationships, whatever it might be. I want you to know by this this episode that we're doing today, there's a downside, or I don't want to call it a downside because I'd rather I'd rather refer to it as um, you know a, a weakness that goes along with the gift you have. But by looking at the word and by looking at what's happened all around us, we should be, as Paul said, not unaware. We should be very aware of the devil's devices. We should be very aware of his schemes and plots. And one thing we can clearly see uh, in regards to the, the gift that we carry is that it's very easy for pride to creep in. Because, you know, when you start performing, you know, that's what the devil makes it. If you're not careful, he'll make it a performance instead of praise that you get up on the platform, you get up on the stage and it becomes about you and how great you are and how great you look and how great you sound. And it becomes less about God and more about you. And trust me, the devil will use that. He will use that. He'll send people your way to tell you how wonderful and phenomenal you are and how amazing you sound. Oh man, you sang that song and I know that was written by so-and-so, but you sing it better than they sing it. They didn't even, they wrote it and you do it better than they do it. And your voice is so amazing. You're so anointed. And uh, it's just amazing to me that people fall for that trap and then they allow it to create pride in their mind 
and then they end up being destroyed. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So understand that it's the uh, it's the gateway into your destruction and you have to be very, very wary of this and know that the devil's out to stop your gift. He's out to stop your calling and he doesn't have anything new as a trick. He does the same thing over and over and over and over and he'll try to do the same to you. And so I can't tell you how important it is to be meek and humble as a singer, as a musician. That's why I've done this for 20 something, you know, 20 years plus now as a worshiper and a praiser. And one thing I can tell you, I got ticked off with at an early, early stage in the ministry was having to go places and, and find people and play with people that were full of pride. They were on an ego trip and I didn't want them on the platform. And so as, as time went on and I continued, um, you know, I, I was done with it. You know, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to make sure that I surround myself with people um, that are humble, you know, totally humble. And that's why now when you see me playing, you see the guys that I'm, that I'm with, I'm at, they're at the top of their game skill-wise and anointing-wise, but humble sweet spirits, not over, you know, they would never try to take over. They would never try to make it all about them. And that's why the guys that I'm with now I, I value so highly. It's because it took this time to find people. And like, if you're in a church, that's why it's important for you as the worship leader to build a culture of humility and to build a coach, a culture of meekness and, and a team mindset, not an individuality mindset. And, and that's that can be hard to do, especially if you're coming in to take over and that's what it's been for so many years, but you've got to do it. You've got to do it because it will destroy your unity. It'll destroy your ability to flow together and it'll destroy your worship team ultimately. So you have to get pride out and you have to be careful and understand that there will be uh, an attack to try to steal your purity. It's happened with every single person that's ever done anything in praise and worship for God. And I'll tell you, if you think it's not going to happen to you, then you're wrong because that's how the devil operates. So you have to know these things ahead of time and be wary and be watchful, be sober, be vigilant, and don't let the devil take you out because you have a gift and he can recognize your gift and knows what attacks to deploy against you. You have to be aware of it and you have to uh, put safeguards in place so that you don't end up falling prey to that same issue that so many others have fallen prey to. I want to pray for you today and ask God to keep you in humility, keep you in purity, and keep you in power as you do what you're called to do. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person listening to the podcast today. I ask you that you would keep them strong, keep them in power anointing, but keep them humble. 
keep them meek. I pray in Jesus' name that you would keep them in a place of purity. Don't let them fall into the devil's devices. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts and the talents that you've given us. Expand them and increase them in this new year. I give you praise for it, and I give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. Amen. Listen, thank you again for for listening to this today. I really appreciate you. I want to hear your comments, your questions, especially on this episode. I want to interact with you guys. Um, you know, if you have things you want to contact me personally about, obviously I would never, uh, you know, share your information, but I do want to talk to you. I do want to, uh, you know, hear from you about some of these things. And maybe if you've got issues, even in your team, I'd be happy to give you advice, help you through any way that I can. I love you so much. And I want to say thank you for being connected to me on this podcast and everything else we're doing. If you'd like to get personal messages from me on a weekly basis, I send out a personal message on Friday, every Friday. Sometimes it's a video message. Sometimes it's a a message I'll write to you. But if you'd like to get that, you can sign up very easily at miracleword.com forward slash live. miracleword.com forward slash live. And uh, I will send you also, this week I'm sending it out on Friday. If you're listening to it the week it released, I'm sending out... Uh, a free ebook devotional um, to your email. And if you don't get our magazine, I'll send you that too. Happy to do it. But I want to stay connected with you. And if you'd like to receive those messages from me, just go there and sign up and I'll send them to you every week. And uh, I want to stay connected with you. I love you guys. Don't forget until next week that goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 